Welcome back to Touring the AFC South. I am your host, Mike Patton. And on this episode, we're going to talk a little Jacksonville Jaguars and Tennessee Titans. Now, before the season, this was a very, very exciting game. At this point, it's not necessarily the most exciting game, but it's still a rivalry, if I can say rivalry. But anyway, it's still a rivalry. But I want to bring on someone that actually gets to see the Tennessee Titans on a weekly basis. That would be Miss Samaria Terry. How you doing? Hey, Mike. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Just trying to, you know, uh, make a dollar out of 15 cents. You know, <laughs> Tupac. There we you. go. <laughs> I hear you. But, uh, you know, of course, before we get into the Tennessee Titans, Jan- Jacksonville Jaguars, I have the get off your chest segment. Of course, you know, before we get into that, too, of course, I do have to mention my sponsor. Because if I don't, you know, they're going to call for me. But anyway, uh, my sponsor is Manscaped. Manscaped.com. You can go there, get all your nice, wonderful things. You know, if you got a significant other or if you got some stuff for yourself, you want to try to take care of yourself, make sure you look, you know, nice and right and things like that. They got like lotions, they got razors, they got all those different things. Manscaped.com, 20% off with the code AFC South. Again, manscaped.com, 20% off. And also, I'm sorry, I didn't mention the free shipping with the promo code. AFC South. Just go ahead, check it out. Just tell them I sent you. And of course, the code will give it away. (laughs) All right. But let's get on to the show. And of course, the get off your chest segment, which I have something I want to get off my chest. I've been waiting just a little bit to get this off my chest. I want to talk about Mr. Josh Allen. No, not the Josh Allen that plays for the Jacksonville Jaguars. The one that's the quarterback. For the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, the guy that threw a couple of interceptions. Now, one of them, I would say, Gabe Davis hit him in his hands and it went through him. But the other ones, I'm just trying to figure out where exactly is he looking? Is he looking to his left, right? But he's definitely not looking at the target because he completely is not hitting the target. Um, to me, he is a guy that everyone talks about how great he can do and all those different things, but they always omit that he has the most turnovers since being in the, since he's been in the NFL. Since 2018 or whatever, six years he's been in the NFL, he has the most turnovers of any quarterback. Mm-hmm. No one wants to talk about that, but they always want to talk about the stats and how he does this and how he runs and all those different things. But you can't leave out the detail that he turns the ball over a lot. And too many times – People want to frame different things and talk about different things when it comes to particular quarterbacks, and they're doing it with Josh Allen. Now they're starting to talk about it, but they could have probably talked about it a couple years ago. And just a um, a little key point that just want to throw this in. You know, everyone talks about Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott, but I want to give you this, this little nugget. Both of them combined have – less turnovers or less interceptions than Josh Allen. Yeah. Think about that for a moment. Uh, So, Mr. Josh Allen, you know, I know everyone talks about how great he is and what he can do and all those different things, but, sir, you got the value of the football. You ain't valued the football since you ain't been been in the NFL. I need you to hold on to it. Look at the guy. I know you're a gunslinger. I know you like to throw the ball. think you throw the ball through a keyhole. But the thing is, you got to make sure you're throwing it through your keyhole and not the other keyhole right next to it on the right or left. Your okay. keyhole. 
So I just had to, I had to say something. I was it's just bothering me that we're, people are just now finding out that he's leading the NFL in turnovers since yeah. he's been in the league. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Thank you for that. Yeah, it's 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 you know <laughs> something that a lot of people don't know, but I'm like people need to know this. He is an exciting player, but he also is a turnover prone. Yeah, and I think us as the media, we haven't done the best job at calling him out first per se, like on some things. I know like there was like this big debate with like Shannon Sharp talking about he would take Josh Allen over Lamar Jackson. You know, like a lot of people had a lot to say about that. But I think, like I said, we as the media haven't done the best job as being critical like we are with other quarterbacks. So. Yeah, I I, I hear you there. And, um, you know, I, one thing I think about when Shannon Sharp said he would take Josh Allen over Lamar Jackson. Yeah, he must have had Jack on, on, the, on, the, on the, the set that day. He must have took a couple shots before he said that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's strange, but. Very much, very strange. But, you know, of course, that's the Get Off Your Chest segment for this episode. Of course, we got to transition over to the Tennessee Titans now. Boy, oh boy, it has been an interesting season for the Tennessee Titans. They have not won at home. I'm mean, sorry, they haven't won. They haven't won on the road. Yes. They have not won. They have won at home and not won on the road, basically, yes. which is strange. That the, the Titans last time on the road. was against Green Bay last season. And that was like the hype. Everybody remember we were like, okay, like we turned the mm-hmm. corner. We're doing good. And then they came back. And you had the Todd Downing incident, and we haven't been right since. Man, we haven't been right. Yeah, they were, yeah, they were swerving a little bit, but and, and, you know that's that. I know Todd Downing don't like to hear that, but hey, they were swerving a little bit. But uh, <laughs> uh, but I will say that um, you know I haven't got a chance to talk to you uh, in terms of on the show yeah. since Kevin Byer got traded. Now, mm-hmm. when I saw that, you know. I did a little moment. I had a moment, said, hey, you know, showed all, gave him all the props that I needed to give him because he's always been a person that when I'm at the at the practice facility, he always gives me time. He always, he, he, his family's right there. He's like, oh, can I get a second? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, got you. We literally talk about other stuff besides football. We literally, last year, we were both intermittent fasting. So we were talking about mm-hmm. intermittent fasting for literally like five or 10 minutes before we even actually talked about football. Yeah. So, you know, what has been the kind of different vibe since he's been gone that you noticed? Oh my gosh. We definitely miss him. I will say that that next game, that Falcons game, I was like, okay, on the field, maybe not so much. So maybe the fans didn't really feel his absence, but I think for us as the media, we felt it in the locker room because for one, like you mentioned, Kevin was always a guy that we could go up and talk to. Like you have like your guys that that always talk at their locker, like Big Jeff, Kevin. I'm trying to think of some. There's not a whole lot of them, to be honest with you. Maybe Arden sometimes on the defensive side of the ball. But Kevin was the guy that will always talk and he will sit there and talk for however long he needs to talk. If you're over there grabbing somebody else, you come in late. You can re-ask him a question. We miss that. Nobody has stepped up yet to feel that role. I know that Roger talked to us a little bit last week um, and then he was hurt before that. So maybe he'll step up. I know Vrabel has mentioned Imani Hooker stepping up. We haven't really seen it yet. 
Um, but we miss it in the media. Like we like, I mean, he will talk to us if we win, lose. It doesn't matter. Kevin's going to take a moment. and He's going to give you a really good soundbite and not just like, yeah, we lost. What about it? You know, so I think that we miss it. But on the field, maybe not so much. You miss that leadership. I think that the team, the defense is missing that leadership piece that he brought to the secondary. But I don't know if like maybe the play we miss that much because he's been kind of quiet. He was kind of quiet this year before he was traded. So, right, right, and uh, you know, I definitely miss him. I'll say that, but uh, you know, <laughs> hopefully, when he comes back to Nashville, which I'm already going to say he's probably going to be in the Ring of Honor once he decides to hang it up. When he comes back to Nashville, and I'm hoping he lives here, I would love to pick that man's brain because he played the same position I played in college. Oh, I played okay. safety in college, so you know, I'd love to pick his brain about the safety position, especially being that he really didn't play. He played quarterback in high school. Mm -hmm. Then he switched to play, you know, defensive back. I'd love to pick his brain about how things look different because he used to be a quarterback. So, I, I, you know, that's something I'd love to talk to him about. And funny enough, speaking of you mentioned high school, like we went to rival high schools. So he went to the <laughs> high school. Arden actually went to that high school, too. And I should have gone to that high school, but I was like in a magnet program. So I went to another school, which was just right down the road. So like when I saw on, on the rosters, like Latonia George, I'm like, wait a minute, Kevin, like we grew up so close to each other and we just never knew we graduated the same year of high school. So it's such a small world. Right, right. And, uh, you know, basically what you said with the magnet school, basically what you're saying is you were smart, you were smart, <laughs> basically. <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> hey, we all ain't able, we all ain't able, but I'm, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But anyway. Of course, you know, like I mentioned, losses on the road. The team lost another game on the road this week to the Tampa Bay Bucks. You know, the fight in Baker Mayfields, they lost to the Tampa Bay Bucks. But, you know, how how weird is it this, that the Titans have been this uneven? They, they're they like superheroes at home. They're somebody, I'll put it this way. They're Superman at home. They're Clark Kent on the road right now. So how... How weird is it that they've been so uneven this year? I don't know. And they can't figure it out. I know like last week we asked Shane Bowen, like defensively, what is going on? Like you talk about consistency. How do you fix that? He's like, oh, I can't give you all an answer. We're like, uh, <laughs> sir, you're the defensive coordinator. Why can't you give us an answer? Even Arden today was like, you know, one week the defensive line is on point. The cornerbacks, the safeties are not. The next week, it may be the opposite. It's like they're, they don't ever put together on the road a complete game where everybody is doing what they're supposed to do. Like, I think it was maybe after the Browns game or maybe the Colts. I can't remember. One of the blowouts is whatever. Um, I think it was Aziz. He's like, yeah, after each play, somebody was like, oh, my bad. I messed up on that play. Like, they just cannot figure it out specifically on the road. And I don't know what it is. Nobody seems to know what it is. And this is a week where you really have to, because Jacksonville's playing bad at home. So this is a week that you have to do it. We asked Will Levis about it today. How would a win on Sunday really galvanize this team? Because you're not just completely out of it. You've only played one division matchup. Like they have to somehow pull it together unless they're tanking. But you didn't hear that from me. I don't know what they're doing over there. But they got to do something. Because I'm like, it's just sad. It's like, and you're in the media, Mike. You kind of understand. Like, we're not necessarily happy. 
to go in there because they're not in the best mood after the games or in the locker room during the week. It's just like, like, it's just not like the hype that we felt during training camp. And you were there. You felt like it was like, okay, like, okay, we got a team this year. Just hasn't shown on the field very much, you know, unfortunately. Uh, But, you know, of course, uh, you know, coming into the year, everyone talked about the quarterback position. They talked about uh, Ryan Tannehill and, Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, letting Will Levis learn and mature and, you know, potentially, oh, potentially Malik. You know, we heard that. But now it's Will Levis's show. He's been named the starting quarterback for the remainder of the Mm -hmm. season. Um, But one thing I just kind of looked at and I thought was very interesting is just the kind of mode of operation when it came to Malik. And when it also came to Will Levis, when it came to Malik, he first he was with an offensive coordinator that kind of wasn't necessarily the greatest when he was his rookie year. Yes. Um, the offensive line wasn't necessarily the greatest his rookie year, which that hadn't changed from one year to the other, unfortunately. But uh, it just seemed like, you know, the offensive coordinator wasn't making things that he wasn't doing things that he was comfortable doing to try to help him ease into the position and of course, you know, the usual people uh, yelling about quarterbacks and things like that, you know, the fans calling in Malik, Malik this, he's that this, he's not that, you know, those type of people, you know, I, I don't, I don't come across them very much, but heck. Um, but then of course, Will Levis get a quarterback, uh, I'm sorry, a, you know, offensive coordinator that actually is very, very committed to actually, you know, trying to make things, put things in that he can do, mm-hmm. make him very comfortable. Of course, the O-line has still been bad, but he's been making throws despite of that. And, of course, mm-hmm. the wide receiver crew is a little better than what it was last year. You know, of course, when you add DeAndre Hopkins, anything is going to be better. Um, so, to me, it just seems like, you know, Malik was kind of dealt an interesting hand. It was and now, like, you can say no, it. It was a bad hand. No. It was a bad hand, Mike. And, I mean, even, like, I remember when he got drafted, everybody was like, hmm. Okay, are you all trying to shift like the offense and the way that the offense looks for the Titans? I mean, we we see it all across the NFL. Teams are going for more mobile quarterbacks. So it was like, okay, maybe the Titans are starting to do that. I mean, Tannehill runs a little bit, but he's not really considered a mobile quarterback like Lamar or Jalen, you know. So I we all thought it was an interesting pick. We were like, okay. And my first thought was, are you going to install an offense that will make that he can succeed at, similar to what he ran at Liberty with Hugh Freeze? And we never saw that. You know, like we always saw a quarterback that had so many things going through his mind because they were trying to mold him into Ryan Tannehill and not accentuating what he does best and so I think that coupled with the poor offensive line like you just talked about and the pocket collapsing very quickly as we still see now even with Levis back there and Malik is trying to make a play that is just what he naturally does he's like I'm just gonna run and I'm gonna try to get me five or six yards I'm just gonna just try to do something even if you look back at the Falcons game when Aaron Brewer had the high snap to the right, I think, Um, Mm -hmm. instead of Malik just jumping on the ball, he's trying to get up and make a play. And then he never recovers the football. 
So I do, like I said, I feel like he was given a bad hand. I think that Will Levis is shows a little more, he's more of a bright spot because he's really anal about like everything. I hate to say that word, but that like really describes it. Like even when he first got here, I mean, like he's like studying plays. He's not going out. He's not talking to anybody. I can't remember who his roommate was. It was either Josh Riley or Colton Dow. I can't remember. Colton, but Colton like, Dow. It was Colton. Colton. Dow. Colton's like, Levis does not talk. He sits in his room and he has the playbook in his hand. He's just very anal. He's a perfectionist. He likes to be a leader. He likes to run the show. He told us that today. Like, so I think that he is trying to be perfect in this and do every little thing right. And because of that, we have seen some sparks. That's my email. We have some, we have seen some sparks um, with him back there, but there's still the problems that persist with the offensive line. But I will say also, I think that the fans response has been different from Will to Malik. So with Malik back there, it's Malik sucks. He's not smart. He's not good. Mm. But with, with Will, now granted Malik has not had, he's not played his best, but we have to right. also remember that he hasn't been put in the best situations. But with Will, who's played good, like I like Will, he's played good, but it's like the offensive line is bad, bad coaching. Mike Vrabel doesn't like him. Fire Tim Kelly. Like, you know, it's all of those things. Get him some weapons. Like y'all are not putting him in the best position to win. So I do feel like we've seen differences, but obviously they do have two different situations, but they both play the same position. So. Right. Right. Yeah. It just, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I feel bad for Malik. I really do. Um, I still think that he can be a solid either backup or solid uh, quarterback in the NFL. Yes. I just don't, I'm not sure if it's going to be here though. That's the one thing well, I'm thinking. About. Right. And actually like Corey and I was just talking about this before <clears throat> I left the station, we were like wondering what they were going to do Sunday. Um, would they keep all three active because I feel like Corey feels like if they brought him, if they put him on the practice team, then somebody may pick him up. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know if, if Tannehill is a hundred percent. Like I don't, you know, so it's like, and then when at practice today, they kind of had them running, I think at the beginning of practice, maybe Malik was with show team. And then you had Will and, and Ryan over here, but then they were doing like drills with the running backs. Then Malik was with the twos. He was with Tajay. And Tannehill was with Jonathan Ward. So I think maybe they're trying to they're trying to trick us. But I don't know. But we'll see. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, you know, uh, I will say I've, I've seen these types of situations, even with Steve McNair. Uh, Steve McNair was one of the, the best. To be honest, he, he, you know, since the Titans have been here in, in Nashville, he has been the best quarterback to play for this team. Mm -hmm. And even when he was playing, they tried to replace him with the fans, tried to replace him with Neil O'Donnell among other quarterbacks saying, oh, well, you know, put him in there. He's better than McNair. But now fans that are having revisionist history saying, oh, I always love Steve McNair. I'm like, no, you didn't. You, you forget that people were here. Remember you talking and saying you didn't like Steve yeah. McNair. But that's another story for another day. We'll get into that another time. But we're going to take a quick commercial break. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk a little Jacksonville versus Tennessee on tour in the AFC South with your host, Mike Patton. A shift. A shift is something that happens and changes the dynamics. And that's what happened when Garrett Logistics was born. After 10 years as a sales pro in the logistics world of sporting goods, 
John Garrett decided to pivot to the world of freight and start a brokerage. So you're saying to yourself, why trust Garrett Logistics? Well, Garrett Logistics helps shippers improve overall workflow, along with increased on-time pickup and delivery percentages. Last-minute loads, multi-drop pickups, and more are part of the services with Garrett Logistics. They're available Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m., and Saturday, 8 a.m. to 12 p.m., all times Central Standard Time. So give them a ring at 615-400-8484. That's 615 615- 4008484 or you can email them at john at garrettlogistics.co or visit their website at garrettlogistics.co Garrett Logistics where the motto is it's not just freight to us it's your business all right and we are back on touring the ASC South with your host Mike Patton here with Samaria Terry and we are going to talk a little Jacksonville versus Tennessee like I mentioned, Tennessee has been rough on the road. They have not won a game on the road. Now, Jacksonville hasn't necessarily been great at home. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, people talk about the 49ers game where they got dominated, but you forget that Jacksonville got dominated by Houston as well at home by like 20 points. That was the first game people started noticing CJ Stroud just a little bit more than what they did now. Now, of course, everyone notices that, but um, in that game Sunday, I kind of noticed the offensive line for the Jacksonville Jaguars was having a little bit of a problem. Now, I know the 49ers have a great defensive line. I mean, they're deep up front. You've got Bosa and you've got Chase Young on, on opposite sides. Then you got Randy Gregory coming in off the bench. And you still have, uh, you know, have a couple big guys in the middle, too. I mean, they have a lot of people that can rush the passer. Now, I'm not saying the Titans are to the same level as the 49ers. But they do they have – what's that? They should be. Well, up front, they definitely have some horses. <laughs> but, you know, the thing is they should be – you know, they, I know they don't have the same horses as the 49ers, but they definitely have some guys up front. You know, of course, Jeffrey Simmons, Arden Key, Danico Autry, I mean, Harold Landry. I could just keep going on and on. Rashad Weaver, <laughs> I mean, Tierra Tart. They have a deep – front four and front line to me i'm wondering is this the game that they go on the road and finally kind of get something going like they have at home on the road god i hope so especially for arden because he's a guy that we were so excited for when he signed and it was just like okay like this is going to be a good addition we feel like he's like tough hard-nosed guy like and he was great against the Saints. He had a decent game. I think it was at home. I can't remember if it was – was it Falcons? I can't remember when it yeah, was. The Falcons All or the Chargers, one of the two. Yeah, one of the two. He had a good game at home. And then in between that, we're just like – even like when I was watching the game Sunday, there were times where I'm looking like, where is Arden? Is he on the field? Like, what's going on? So I'm hoping that Sunday against his former team in Jacksonville – he shows up and he shows out. He told us, we asked him like, okay, how are you going to, you know, keep the jitters down or, you know, get hyped up? What are you going to do? He said he's going to listen to more R&B music to calm <laughs> because he is always playing R&B music in the locker room. Um, but yeah, that we definitely need him to have a monster game, him and Harold, to be honest. Definitely. 
Definitely. Can he, uh, you know, can he listen to that song, Yam, since it's right around time for Thanksgiving? He can go and throw that song on. He Fantasia. He likes Fantasia. That's his girl. Okay. So if he needs to listen to When I See You, so when he sees Trevor, he knows <laughs> that's what he needs. That's what we need. <laughs> now, that would be a good one right there. Yeah, definitely that. Yeah. And, um, you know, of course, you know, one thing that is Trevor's been seeing a lot of, that is Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars, is turnovers. Now, he's been turning the ball over a lot. He turned the ball over a couple times against the 49ers, of course, yes. pressure, things like that. I think this might be the game that Roger McCreary gets another interception or something of that nature. If he's, you know, if he's playing, I don't know what the status is of uh, Sean Murphy Bunny, but, yes. you know, if he's playing in place of him, I think he may get another chance to make an interception because Jacksonville is kind of loose with the football. Yeah. And hopefully in this game for the Titans, they're loose with the football again. I hope so. Uh, back to SMB, he was at practice today. He did practice. He talked to us. I didn't even realize that he had surgery on his thumb. He was like in a cast and a sling, but the cast yeah. is off. He said he still has stitches um, right here, but he had like a brace. So I don't know if he'll be catching any footballs, but luckily he'll be playing. And I wouldn't like to see Roger or even Christian Fulton. I mean, I, if, if if Fulton got an interception, I'm like, I think that that would be like the confidence booster that he really needs. So they need to be they need to be knocking Trevor upside the head. They need to have Trevor running like they had Desmond Ritter running, like they had Heineke running for their lives. Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting, um, you know, just watching the, the Jaguars offensive line. You have Cam Robinson on one side. You have Anton Harrison on the other. And then you have Walker Little, they move from guard from tackle to guard. So, you know, it'll be interesting just to see if they rebound from that game or mm -hmm. if you have uh, maybe some nightmares uh, still yeah. in there from the 49ers. But well, it'll be interesting to see. Now, uh, on the flip side, of course, the Titans' uh, offensive line hasn't been quite as good. But, of course, they're going against a Jacksonville defense that outside of Josh Allen, do they really have anyone that fear – do you fear – not really, not, not really. We didn't talk about anybody else but the black Josh Allen. Um, yeah, I don't I I maybe this will be a game where some of their struggles, maybe they can they can work out the kinks. I know that Brunskill may be, I don't even know if Brunskill's he may be limited, so I don't know if we'll see him. We did talk to Jalen Duncan, the rookie. He said that he may have. You know, he may come in for a few plays. I'm excited to see what he is going to be able to bring. And I was really excited about Radens in that Steelers game. And then last week, he had those two false starts that Will Levis actually called him out about in the press conference. I was like, oh, God. Ooh. He did. He called him out on it. So hopefully they get it. They got to get it together. Because I just thought that when, when you had Chris Hubbard healthy on the right, you had Nicholas petit Frere on the left, I was like, oh, wait a minute. This might be it. Mm -hmm. This might be it. But nothing ever – like, nothing is ever works. Like, mm -hmm. right. people start dropping like flies, and now it's like we're just plugging people in and out and, and hoping that they're able to come in and and be productive and they really aren't because they just radiance is going from the left to the right mm -hmm. it's bad mike yeah and then petite ferrer is out again shoulder he's gone. So, yeah, he's gone. 
So he's gone. So he's gone. Hubbard's back. Dillard got benched. He's in. Dillard got concussion, right? Yes. So he's still in concussion protocol. Vrabel was like, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, he out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, well, the good thing is uh, I'm not not trying to say anything bad about about him, but he is on a he is on a deal where they can kind of get out of that deal after this year. So I'm pretty sure they probably will be getting out of that deal. Okay. And that is (laughs) that was one of those things that was really kind of disheartening like disappointing because you know he came in and he had this big signing press conference and everybody was so excited it's like okay like we're getting this guy we're getting this left tackle that's supposed to be like really good you're paying him top dollar you're holding a press conference for us yeah yeah i know i know yeah yeah it did just didn't work out but hey you know, it is what it is, and he has uh, maybe like seven games or eight games to kind of get it figured out, maybe show a little more, but we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Uh, now, of course, uh, you know, we're going to talk about a little, little – we're going to end it on a positive note in terms of talking about the offense. We're going to talk about the guy that gives nightmares to the Jacksonville defense. That would be Derrick Henry, a.k.a. the king, you know. So – Basically, last four games there, he has ran for over 100 yards, including in 2020 when he ran for 215 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah, he was dominating them, 26 carries. Um, So in this game, of course, they're probably going to key on him, probably crowd the line of scrimmage. So what other ways do you see them trying to get him the ball? Do you see they're in the screen game? Do you see them actually putting him and Tajay Spears a little bit more in the backfield to kind of, I guess, throw the defense off just a little bit? I don't know. They got to do something different than they did last week because it was really pitiful, that effort there. Like, the offensive line has got to make holes for him. Like, if they can just make a little bit of a hole, he's going to do the rest for you. But they can't do they, – they didn't seem to do anything. And I know Derek was frustrated. Like, I have a picture of him in my phone after the game. Like, he's just like, look, we're tired of talking. That was that was the message after the game last week. We're tired of talking. We talk about this every single week. We talk about it in practice, and it's not showing up on Sundays on the field. They right. keep failing the test. Mike Vrabel calls it a test, and they keep <clears throat> failing the test. So they got to figure it out. Tim Kelly has got to do something um, to get the run game going on the road specifically. They can't do it. I don't know. Right. They got to figure it out, or they're going to be going to summer school. But uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I will say that um, you know, one thing that could actually help is more motions because the thing is, if you have more motions, if you look at the 49ers, I'm just gonna throw their offense out there. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of now. They have some unique and special players. I will say that Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel. Yeah. But the one thing they do a lot is they do a lot of motion things like that. Get defenses to shift and get in different lanes. When you do that, you get defenses to shift and get in different lanes. It creates running avenues as well. So maybe they may want to do that. And I will say this, though. Tim Kelly has not – Tim Kelly catches a lot of strays and things like that this year. <laughs> but he I, he hasn't done as bad as many would think. I think more the execution is the issue as yeah. opposed to the actual things he is calling. So, you know, a lot of people are, are talking about he needs to lose his job. And I'm like, no. do you want the guy he had last year? Do you really want that back again? I don't think you do. So, you know, to me, I mean, Tim Kelly, just give him 
the pieces that kind of, you know, or can, can, you know, execute the things he wants to do, I think the offense will look even better. I mean, we saw glimpses of that against the, um, what the first start he had against the Falcons. We saw glimpses of yeah. what things that Tim Kelly can do with the offense. So, yes. you know, that's just, yes. I just, I'm just going to throw that out there for those that are wanting Tim Kelly to be fired. I mean, honestly, he's not as bad as the offensive coordinator last year. He is more, uh, you know, intuitive in terms of trying to figure out things. He tries different things way more than what happened last year. But I digress. We're not going to go back into last year and yeah. talk about that one. You know, I'm swerving off the road on that one. It's you know, okay. I'm not. <laughs> but we have reached the end of the show. But, of course, uh, there is a game at the end of the show. It's five questions, two answers, and one choice. Samaria Terry, are you ready? Sure. You don't sound too confident. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you have to ask me. <laughs> All right, cool. You got two places in Nashville. You're going on Saturday night. You got Fifth and Broadway, where the National Museum of African American Music is, or you've got uh, Buchanan Street, which is in North Nashville. You got Willie B's, Minerva. You got Slim and Husky's uh, Pizza Beeria over there, too, all in the same spot. So if you got to choose between one of those two spots, are you going to – but Cannon, are you going to Fifth and Broadway? I'm probably gonna go to Fifth and Broadway. Okay. Once you said Minerva, I'm like, hold on, hold on. That ain't my speed. I'm a little, I'm a little older. Now Minerva is a speakeasy, now. Come on now. But it's it's still it they it's popping. Okay. It's popping. All right. If okay. the college you know. kids are like, oh, we go to Minerva, I'm not going. <laughs> maybe, they, maybe they go on a particular night but if my interns are like oh girl we be at minerva i can't go because <laughs> right, you're not right. gonna catch me in a place with my interns mm -mm, no. i hear you there but one place i would say that you probably would have enjoyed if it was still around is level 88 okay level 88, I, I don't know if you ever it, it, it isn't around anymore but uh basically you had free entry before a certain time you had uh buy one get one at the bar or if I want to get one, or if I want, or yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, two for ones at the mm. bar, and you had, and you had free food, but if you got in there before a certain time, oh, okay, so you had all those things, and you had a band playing at the same time in the band, okay, yeah, I'm more yeah. of like a rooftop girly, okay, you know, reservations. So you L27 and uh, yes, I'm like yeah. periods all the, the time. W, the W, the W, yes. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. So we're going to go with this one, right? Okay. We're going to pick your game. You're going to got to go to one game. Game seven of the NBA finals or the Super Bowl. Which game are you going to check out? You got one game to go to. You're covering these games now, by the way. Not saying oh, you're I'm actually. Working. I'm working. Yeah. Now, I've done one of these before, actually. Twice, actually. What was it? The Super Bowl. I've been to the Super Bowl twice. Been Super Bowl week twice. I actually covered. I actually was at the Super Bowl when Philadelphia was playing against New England. I was there at that Super Bowl. I was in there as media. Yeah. Oh, that's tough. Oh, Mike, that's tough. I'm probably they both neck and neck, but I would say maybe NBA Game Seven, just a little bit more. I would have loved to have been at the game, Golden State versus Cleveland, Ooh. in, in at Golden State. Whew, that would have been fun. Ooh. 
Yeah. <laughs> All right. We're going to go to the sidelines with this one. Taylor Rooks or Pam Oliver? Which one are you taking? If you pick one person on the sideline that you want to watch, who are you picking? Okay. So this is really tough because I like them both. Um, oh, maybe not would. necessarily <laughs> watch, but maybe somebody that I would want to pick their brain. And I would go with Pam. And because I would say that Pam doesn't just talk to everyone really easily. She's a little, I've heard that she's a little, you know, you have, she has to let her wall down. But I feel like she has a lot of wisdom. She's done this for a long time. And she's one of those women in sports that really worked from the bottom and came up. So kind of like I see like the trajectory of my career going. Like Pam like really started at the bottom, bottom to where she is now. And I would just love to just sit down and hear her story. So if I, maybe not necessarily watch, but who would I like to sit down? Like if we talk about dinner with Jay-Z or something, I would have dinner with, with Pam. Now um, that's one person I would love to interview. I've, I've, I've got, if Pam, Pam Oliver, if you're listening, Taylor Rooks, <laughs> if you are listening, yeah, I would love to interview cool. both of you. Yeah. Right, I got to try to, I got to try to figure that out. Taylor. I need to look that up. I gotta try to. I gotta try to figure that out. To try okay. to interview both of them. I'd love to interview both of them. Yeah. Um, now, of course, you know, a particular gentleman has an album that's going to be dropping, but it's going to be a little different. That would be Andre Three Thousand. Yes, it's he's a got an album. album. Be, a flute album. Now, are you going to be listening to this album, or are you going to be like, I don't know? Um, because I'm a true Three Stacks fan, you know this. I'm gonna give it a listen. Okay. I'm gonna give it a listen, maybe with a glass of wine, and we'll see what it's talking about. Okay, I'm, I'm interested as well. I'm like, okay, I know he's gonna get at least one rhyme off on this. I'm thinking, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm, I'm hoping, like, but but the way that he's describing it, I don't think no. I'm hoping against hope. I'm I'm over hoping against hope. But I got two guys that actually definitely do rhyme. And you got to pick one of them and you got to throw away the other guy's category. I mean, a uh, catalog. I'm sorry. I've got T.I. or Jeezy. Which cat? Which are you going with? These ain't good. <laughs> they ain't even all that for real, Mike. In the I mean, I, I, Look, the first the, the, the first Jeezy album I heard with, with him and Manny Fresh, I, I was on that album like the entire time. I could not put that album down. I was saying, and then what, like 50 million times that that, that album came out. <laughs> That's a tough one. Mm. Yeah. That's a tough one. Because I feel like they've both done so much for mm -hmm. pop culture, not just in Atlanta, in the South, but everywhere. I don't know. Now, I will say this. You know, points are going to be taken off of Jeezy for that um, commercial he did. Remember that commercial he did when he was kind of talking about that whiskey or whatever that drink he had? He was dancing in the commercial. No. Oh, I'm gonna have to send you that one. I'm gonna I have think to send you were you gonna say one. for that verses with Gucci. Nah, nah, nah. I, I wasn't okay. even mad about that. But uh, because okay, Gucci yeah, was the, uh, ten. I yeah, thought Gucci was doing was the most. Happen. Yeah, me too. I thought something <laughs> was too. But uh, I was watching. And I was like, man, please don't do this. Please, hey, no. I'm sitting there in my mind, like, please don't. But no, nah, I'm gonna send you the. Uh, just let me know where I need to send it. Now uh, we'll, we'll talk about it off air. But okay, uh, yeah, I'm gonna send you this clip, and I'm I'm telling you, you are gonna bust out laughing and like, hold on, is that really Jeezy doing this? 
Nah, Jeezy, you lost. Well, you know, a lot of people feel like T.I. is kind of, you know, he's more commercial now. He was doing the stuff with City of Atlanta and, uh-huh. you it know, is. so a he's lot more commercial of commercial now. Like, uh... yeah, he's more commercial now than what he was. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, he's trying to be a comedian now instead of a a a, a rapper. So yeah, that's that. that's interesting. But hey, you do what you do. When you got enough money to do those different things, you can definitely try a few things. Okay. okay. So, yeah. But uh, did you pick T.I. or Jeezy? Did you I pick didn't one? Pick. Oh, my goodness. I don't know if I can let you off the chair without picking nobody. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to have to go to the judges. Judges? Judges? We're going to let us slide just for this one. We're going to let us slide. Okay. But, you know, I'm, 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 I'm picking. If I got to pick that one, I'm going to pick Jeezy. Okay. And then what? Okay. All right. I had to do it one time. I couldn't help it. But uh <laughs> I couldn't help it. But hey, it's five questions, two answers, and, and one choice, and you are off the hot seat. Uh Yay. thank you again for coming on. I mean, it's always a pleasure. Uh, can you tell everyone where they can find you, what all you're working on, and of course how they can tune in to WKRN channel two uh sports extra on <laughs> Sunday nights at 10.30 Central Time, 11.30 Eastern Standard Time. You can go on your internet and check that out. But anyway, you tell them everywhere I else. I swear you're the only person that watches on Sundays. Like, I, I swear man. you're the only person that watches. Yeah, um, I, I got to support my people. Come on now. Thank you. Okay, all the handles. Twitter is Samaria Terry. Instagram, everything else, Samaria Terry TV. And what am I working on? Oh, oh, actually, I'm working on a story on uh, defensive back Shaheen Carter um, Mm -hmm. with the Titans. Apparently, he was a GA at one point before he got a call uh, to do a tryout with the Texans, and then he made the team. So he actually stepped away from the game. So that'll be one that will air on TN Nation this week. Nice, nice. And then uh, I I was going to say, I probably got a few things I could probably send your way, but, you know, we'll talk about that. Yes. Oh, and I also saw that there's an offensive lineman that we signed that went to Tennessee State. So I definitely plan to talk to him next week. Hopefully he'll he'll still be on the team. It's just a carousel. But he's the only uh, player on the team right now from an HBCU. So definitely got to talk to him next week. Right. And then, of course, you know, uh, I don't know if you I told you this, but I went to UT Martin. So Colin Dow and and me are both graduates of. Well, I don't know if he graduated. But anyway, we both went to UT Martin. We uh-huh. both went to UT Martin. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, he got to play in the much greater era, I would say, in terms of success-wise at okay. UT Martin than I did. It okay. wasn't, wasn't necessarily the most successful era when I was there. It was fun. But, no, nah, I just That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Well, of course, everyone, you can find me on social media. Of course, the artist formerly known as Twitter. At Mike Patton 82. That's M I K E P A W T O N 82. Yeah, you know, I say the artist formerly known as Twitter, you know, show props to, uh, get some props to Prince, you know, you know, he got to, got to, you know, give, give a legend his props. But anyway, uh, you can find me on threads and on Instagram at the, that's T H A, not T H E, underscore general, underscore M P. And of course, touring the AFC South, you can find it on YouTube, you can find it on Spotify, um, Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Wherever you you listen to your podcast, you can find Touring the ASC South. Thank you again, Samaria. Hang out for a sec. I got something I want to mention to you. But anyway, okay. uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Touring the ASC South with your host, Mike Patton. We're out. Peace. Peace.